0: Welcome to Brand Story, Inc. I'm your host, Jay Sharman. Every week, we sit down with smart folks to talk about innovative ways they are creating content to connect with their audiences. I'd like to say every company can be a media company, and this conversation hopefully helps you understand why. Joining me today on Brand Story, Inc. is Ben Young. Ben is the CEO of Nudge. Originally from New Zealand, he's based in New York, working with brands like Clorox, Microsoft, and Vanguard. And Aside from Nudge, Ben's passionate about investing, reading technology, and exploring cities. In his spare time, he sits on the board of Rugby United New York, helping grow rugby in the U.S., and he is presently obsessed with Slow TV, (laughs) where you can follow him on Twitter (laughs) at at B-W-A-G-Y, at B-W-A-G-Y. Ben, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I got to start with the obsession of Slow TV. What does that mean?
1: So you might remember it, you may not. But a, a few years ago on Netflix, usually around uh, uh, Christmas uh, or end of year, you would see these, this slow train ride to Bergen or someone just sitting in front of a, a fireplace or fly fishing for eight hours. Um, and slow TV was something that originated in the Nordics. Hmm. in the 90s as, as something comforting to put on TV for long-duration moisture stuck inside during winter.
2: <laughs>
1: and so it was a, a real cultural moment then. And then, of course, it's so cheap and easy to put things on TV or Netflix or through Amazon that it's made a resurgence for the last few years. So I've been quietly obsessed uh, with it. I think it's, it's interesting. You have something on in the background which you may or may not be watching but it adds 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 a vibe or, or culture to the room and i i think it's it's an interesting trend because it's we're on our phones anyway so is it about that we're on second screen or is it that we're trying to escape at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because we've been on screen so much. So that, that's my that's my present obsession.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so quick, before we yeah. jump in, a quick nod to one of our previous guests. Um, one of my favorite marketers out there is a guy named Andrew Davis, um, who wrote the book Brandscaping. He's been on the podcast. And if you've ever seen his presentation, he does this bit about, I, I, don't, I want to say it was somewhere in the mid-Atlantic, maybe like Virginia or Maryland that some local cable access company just ran out of budget. And so they took the camera and just put it on um, an aquarium that was in the office and it ran for like 47 straight days. And then they got some funding and they switched away, you know, to, to, from the, uh, from the aquarium in the phone lines lit up. Everyone was like, we want the aquarium TV. We want the aquarium TV.
1: Bring it back. That's
0: amazing. So. Did
1: you know there's a, a radio channel which I was reading that has been broadcasting for decades, and it's, just, it's it's broadcasting, but people don't know where from. And the theory is that someone has accidentally left it broadcasting in a, in a in a wardrobe or a closet at one <laughs> of the old radio stations, so they don't know where.
0: Oh, I aspire to hit get a hit like that. Well, now, Ben, let's <laughs> let's uh, before we jump into your perspective on the content studio landscape, you've become one of yourself with your company Nudge. Tell us what Nudge
1: does. Yeah. So, uh, Nudge works with uh, brands and content studios, and so often brands have content studios. Uh, but, but we work with them to give them technology to help them articulate the success of their content through data. Uh, and it really born out of a need that we had at an agency that I started in mm-hmm. New Zealand. We were we basically had our own little content studio. We would sometimes create content or work with influencers or work with publishers um, to execute campaigns and there wasn't anything that helped us uh, have that balance between art and science because with content there's the hard numbers, how many people saw it,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then there's the art. Did they care about it? Did it make a difference? Did it write results? How did they feel? So like we've really focused on that to give you an in-depth lens of how content is working. And it's really important for content studios because when you look at every survey from either agencies or brands who they work with, the number one reason they don't give you that RFP is because they don't understand the value they're getting. Mm
2: -hmm. And then
1: secondly, when it comes to renewals, that's the number one reason again. So it's, it's often one of the weakest spots with content studios is not understanding and articulating and supporting that with data of how the content has driven results.
0: Well, it's great. I mean, I think we made the connection through last week's guest, Jordan Hyman, who um, was at NBC Universal most recently and, and kind of on the sales side. And he was just raving about you, and so we made the dot connection here. And you just published, uh, you know, your 291st edition of the Nudge email newsletter blog. Uh, would love for you to explain in your words what's in this e-newsletter, who's it for, and, and what kind of impact it's had on your business.
1: Thanks for asking. Um, originally, the newsletter started as This Week in Night of Ed. Um, which speaks to how the vernacular around content has changed. <laughs> this week in and-
0: native ads, yeah, it's changed a little bit. Yeah,
1: yeah so it has changed a little bit, um, but we have been doing it weekly for 291 weeks, which is quite a while. But so the reason we started it is we found that there was this new area of advertising. Uh, some people calling it native content, some are calling it native advertising, some was custom or advertorial content. And so it was at this moment in time where there was this new trend emerging, but there wasn't anywhere connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And so we went, well, why don't we start a newsletter about it? Uh, so we called it This Week in Native Ads. And the first week we did it, there was like three stories about native advertising. So like, okay, so we're gonna have to add a bit of analysis. Of <laughs> and so, and so that's that's what we did. And um, over the years, it, it's just kept growing and it's really for anyone in the business of content so whether you are in the studio and you're creating it or whether you're like a jordan and selling it or you're a brand trying to just navigate what mixture of content do i need and we we took inspiration from other newsletters and so we look at there's usually one theme of the week that we're seeing Mm -hmm. that we think people should pay attention to you look at notable stories and we go really wide on this so we look all around the world um, pull it all into a shortlist and the shortlist is sometimes up to a hundred pieces and then it's my job to actually read them all wow. um, and with that with that we're trying to show you what are stories that we think are interesting we don't really want to show you a story if it's everywhere
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you've probably already seen it so we're trying to find the things that are uh, often missed or are a unique perspective on them uh, we cover M&A um, because that is part of the industry as we're in such growth mode there's lots of changing happening and seeing m a helps you understand the trends and who's driving those uh we pull in smartest commentary when we see a really good synthesis or mm-hmm. like hey they've really articulated a trend that is best that's just best shared from them we pull in campaigns that we've seen uh that have either performed well or are good for inspiration um, or we think are leading the pack um and then uh we also do data points of note and it's the reason we do this one is it's mainly to save me work so you know what it's like yeah you're speaking with a client and they're like our podcast good for business and you're like i think i read something three months ago if i spent 40 minutes on google i could probably find it so the data <laughs> the data points of note are just anything from all of those articles that were pulled out and found interesting and so it's things from like what content types are working what content studios are doing well uh, sequencing of content, how it drives different metrics, and all of this comes together in just basically one short email um, that we've curated each week, and we get a really good response.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is so. this is kind of like a twofer for me, because uh, I think this podcast is content marketing for our company, Teamworks, meeting the same way that for Nudge, this newsletter, it, you know, it's... it's, it's um, it's doing two things, right? It's it's creating connections, it's helping you stay on top of things, and it's also helping you indirectly market nudge, which is the beauty of content marketing. And so um, yeah. the fact that we both are doing content marketing on content makes it a little meta and maybe a little confusing sometimes. <laughs> but I, I, I'd yeah. like to hear how has how has this, uh, how's the newsletter impacted your business?
1: So the first one is it, it, it keeps, keeps me on top of my game. Uh, mm-hmm. So there is lots changing. Um, so what this means is I'm consistently informed, but I'm consistently thinking about where the industry is going. And so that helps me make better business decisions as, as a leader of, of the business and to help inform our strategy and, and our vision and where the product should go.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: as a, we get mass, massive benefit from that. If no one read it, that, that alone would be worth, mm-hmm. worth the effort. Um, the fact that potential uh, clients read it is, is, is very helpful, um, but it's overall it's good for the community. Yeah. So that, I know I know that sounds really cheesy, but the reason we started it initially was we're like we don't know where to go to learn about this. If we mm-hmm. create it, at least other people can learn from it and contribute to it, and that's that's all found over time.
0: That's awesome. You know, I, I love content marketing success stories, and. You shared with me in advance of this podcast, some of the success stories of some of the content work that you've seen, content studio work that you've seen during during COVID, um, you know, included a whole a whole laundry list on a spreadsheet that you put together, which was awesome. Right. Um, From and beyond safari to virtual rugby and soccer to, you know, the workout at home trend to the Russia's Hermitage Museum and then. Um, even Audi, which was like a four hour drive. I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with that. Is there any, 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 maybe that one or other ones that, uh, which I loved in your, in your newsletter was just kind of this curation of, Hey, take a look at some people who are doing innovative things. Um, what, is there a favorite of yours that you've seen that you sent over or of recent? Uh,
1: so that kind of, those are all kind of my favorites that I've shared. Um, uh, but the, like what was the, no, what was the Audi one? On the what was
0: the Audi one? I didn't see that. The four-hour drive by Audi.
1: That's so, that's Audi slow one, TV to the to the max.
0: Or fast yeah, TV, I guess, I how you
1: look at it. Yeah, that, that, that is slow TV. So <laughs> Audi, Audi launching new models in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you launch a new car in 2020? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, how, how do you How do you think about content production? How do you think about ideas? How do you think about shooting it? Think about normally shooting um, car content. You have to go to an exotic place. You have to take a whole crew of people. Uh, it's just risk all rounds. And so, uh, what they did is they um, they had someone drive an Audi uh, through Australia uh, for four hours. And if you haven't been to Australia, it's big. So four hours is only a very very small portion of Australia. But no. still, so, and it's just a video of what it's like if you were there in the car hmm. and then it's very simple gets the point across works for now makes makes the product look good and it basically sells itself
0: very cool well you know i think one of the things that uh well, let me go back to a second in terms of in terms of your own content marketing i'd love to get some insight into your subscribers kind of who are they you know how many do you have and 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 how you've adapted you said it started out as you know native uh, about native advertising and you you've evolved it um, talk about the feedback that's helped you kind of shape it to get it to where it is today
1: so um, a few things with that though, just broadly from producing the newsletter it went from a point where there were three native ad stories to like 50 or 60 a week.
2: Hmm. So like
1: that was a few years ago. And then we started seeing that uh, people were starting to use the term uh, branded content a lot more. And I think that's been the recent rise in -hmm. in, um, uh, content studios. And I think the reason for that, which is what I've always bet on is that if I'm a brand, there is nice distribution of content, but the thing that I care about is the piece of content. Mm -hmm. So what we saw is that branded content was shifting to the core of of media and marketing vernacular, and that's how people were hanging and organizing their campaigns and initiatives. They went, we have a beautiful piece of content or a beautiful series of content, and we're going to go and release it. And so that really informs us adjusting it a bit. Mm -hmm. And then over time, we just solicit feedback from people. We go, "Um, you're someone that we think we should be reaching through this, what do you like from this? What don't you like?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so there was a point in time where there were less visuals. Uh, even still, some might say there's a bit much text, uh, but we want to have the right amount of text that keeps you engaged in reading, um, but with uh, options to, to jump off. And then what I do, and this has been a helpful habit, is when someone sends a nice comment in or a tweet about the newsletter, I, I take a screenshot and I put it in a little mm-hmm. Google Drive folder and then every now and again, we have a look through that just to see the feedback that people are giving us. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's kind of it. Cool. I like it. Um, it's and
0: kind then, of uh, you, virtuous. You
1: asked, Go ahead. Uh, you asked on the number of subscribers and types of subscribers. So we do have a mix of, uh, I guess, content studios and sales and agencies all yeah. trying to navigate the content. And then there's this and this is happening everywhere, but it's this, the other side is a mash between media and marketing mm-hmm. because the, the, the borders are blurring. So yeah. that kind of is the other half of the audience. And it's, it's around 2000 subscribers. So like sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, but we're okay with that. What we see is people subscribe, come in for three or four months, get the value that they need, and then unsubscribe or they hang in there for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we're okay with that. That says the newsletter is doing its job. Mm-hmm. Like, so, that, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, the
0: last point on content marketing um, we cover content studios here at Brand Story Inc. almost exclusively. As I mentioned, it's our form of content marketing. And on my day job at Teamworks Media, we're seeing a rather large spike in content marketing opportunities, particularly from small yeah. to mid sized businesses who seem to be funding things from either their T&E budget, which they're not able to use, right, Um, because we're in COVID, or the event budgets, which they're not able to attend. Um, It's seeming, and what I'm hearing, it's a way to kind of try the next best thing to meeting clients in person. I'm curious to see whether for Nudge yourself or the industry of content marketing in general, what trends you're seeing. Is is, Is what I'm saying resonating with you, and what else are you seeing?
1: Yes, we're seeing that quite a bit. And it's kind of, if you think about how long branded content has been around, you have the more senior, mature brands, Mm -hmm. which are a lot more sophisticated because they've been doing it for ages. But now we've just seen a whole raft of, I'm saying like beginners, people just coming in for the first time. Um, And we are seeing a lot of it. A lot of people go, hey look, I've always wanted to do content marketing, now's the chance, my boss Mm -hmm. has given me the leeway. Or, uh, to your point, though, like there's no other way to reach them, so we need to do content. And so there's a lot of companies looking to get into market quickly, upskill really quickly, and deliver to a high level. Because when they come in, it uh, might be their first piece of content, but that are against the, the brands which have been doing it for five or six years and have really nailed down their playbook.
0: We're talking with Nudge CEO Ben Young. Uh, who produces a, a weekly email newsletter on all things branded content. You can follow him on Twitter at B-W-A-G-Y. Ben, you cover branded content quite extensively, obviously. In your assessment, where are we in the evolution of branded content, whether it's created by a brand, a media publisher, or an agency?
1: I, I think uh, there will be some some changes from COVID, which will take a year or so to fully... Um, show. So uh, you can ask me again in in, in a year to see. But we kind of we looked at the wider digital mix. So if you if you think about content, it is part of the digital marketing and media ecosystem. And when you look at that ecosystem around 2022 2023, which is a lot closer now than when we first saw this is that the growth of digital drops, drops below double digits. And so for all of my career, and I presume your career, we've been in a world where the digital budget gets significantly bigger every year. When we get to 2022, 2023, the macro environment is that that's not going to be the case. And so we see around that time there's going to be a lot of consolidation and how people are executing digital, and we think content is going to make up around 40% of, of budgets at that point in time.
2: Hmm.
1: So we, we think uh, for savvy brands, they're going to get smarter with distribution and production. And for other brands coming in, I think they're just going to stop doing old, old forms of media and marketing, which just aren't working for them anymore.
0: So I want to follow up on this point because it's important. Are you saying that the 40% of content spend in the, in the digital media spend in general are going to go down? How much of that is because of maturation of the market, right? When you're a nascent market and you're growing, You're obviously there's more room to grow. How much of that do you see, I was unclear if you're talking about that, just being brands being more efficient on how they create content, or they're getting smarter and not just having to pay big bucks for distribution of said content?
1: So I think it's an intersection of all of these trends. That's the maturing, so brands getting a bit savvier around it. Uh, There's being smarter with distribution. But there's also, what this means is there's brands have been inundated with options and they just can't work with 20 companies, right? Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is the 20 companies going to turn to 12 and there'll be just a little bit of market pressure, um, forcing them to consolidate as well.
0: Hmm. How, how, what roles COVID changing, played in changing, um, these dynamics that you were just talking about? So a
1: few things, anyone that was like, Hey, look, I'll look at content next year. Are looking at it now
0: so what you have
1: is your normal adoption for each year has been accelerated um secondly and this is what we've seen through like some of those those examples i saw there's been a really big acceleration in the creation of content um and what i mean by that is you see more people using their iphones to shoot mm-hmm. content mm-hmm. i'm not sure if the iphone 11 was genuinely that big a step up but it feels like Everyone's producing stuff on the iPhone 11. Uh, One of the the videos I sent you, it's an eight-hour tour of the Hermitage Museum shot on an iPhone. And so people have really flocked to that, and the quality of production is quite high. Um, Paired with that, we see the embracing of live stream tools in a way that we haven't seen before, like some of the virtual sports that that I mentioned, whether it's the Mm -hmm. The F1 or the E Premier League or the rugby, which I'm a bit closer to, they would get players sitting in different in their own houses at home playing on their PlayStation or Xbox. They would have a webcam to record them. They would broadcast the game. Then they'd have commentators in another location. They would consolidate the feed, send it to Twitch or, or Twitter or Facebook or all of these, and even in a lot of cases send it through to an OTT provider to show it on TV these are all things which were technically available to do a year ago but now people are doing it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I just we were talking today at our internal weekly staff meeting about an example that 12 months ago would not have happened. Uh, I'm a big Northwestern fan. I went to Northwestern and it's the 25th anniversary of this the best team in the history of the school they went to um, they went to the Rose Bowl. It was a big Cinderella story. And what they did, what Northwestern did, and they did this internally with their own content studio, is they just took old footage of the games and did Zoom interviews uh, for an hour, and they took each game and did an hour in each game, and then it ran on national television on the Big Ten Network. So it's like eleven episodes. And a year ago, the the network, um, who we know would have said, "Oh, the production yeah. value isn't good enough here," you know, it, it just. But because we've all become conditioned to watching, you know, to your point, it doesn't really matter if it's shot on an iPhone or, or the production aesthetic, if you've got really good subject matter content, right? For the fan, yeah. I'm getting insights and, and and access to people in a deep, meaningful way. Who cares? I mean, to a degree what it looks like. Is the content yeah. good, right? It's I think it's redefining yeah. there's a little bit of redefining what good is in terms of quality and yeah. engagement.
1: Yeah, Yeah. The, the beauty of the internet, which is why I've always loved it, is the content's no good. No one will see it to badmouth you anyway. <laughs> so like, but, but I mean, sometimes, sometimes brands worry about that. Like that, that's the thing with the internet: if it's good, people will share it and they will find it. Like you do need to help it with distribution, but yeah. the the best rises to the top.
0: Where do you see some things going in that regard? Who like who are the brands or publishers you're keeping an eye on that you think are doing well at adapting?
1: So uh, I'll start with with platforms. Like I I have seen, obviously Twitch has done well, and some of the connections
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh, through to OTP I think is really smart. Uh, The same with Twitter. Twitter live video for me, and, and this will differ for everyone. Just hasn't been that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, in the past they have asked me to watch news, and i was like, I don't really want to watch news on Twitter. I'm here for tweets.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but the last few months, people have started changing the formats and made them a lot more engaging, bringing more of the twitch formats to Twitter. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference is w- with topics which you want to talk about on twitter um, so I, I, i've I've liked I've liked that resurgence of Twitter by video because that's where felt like something that you um, should take off. Uh, a B2B example, um, it was about a month ago, Cloudflare. They launched Cloudflare TV. Cloudflare? And Cloudflare, yeah, Cloudflare okay. is um, it's uh, internet infrastructure. You install it on your website, it makes it faster. Okay. If you distribute video, it makes it faster as well. And so they they had launched some extra technology around video, but now they're doing it, I think it's around 10-hour-a-day programming on Cloudflare.tv. And so it's it's speaking to their audience. It's getting into the technical details of how to set up certain things, It's mm-hmm. interviewing um, people that uh, break ground in the space. So I really like that. Um, uh, I've also called out some of the, the Reebok stuff, uh, Workouts From Home yeah. on Instagram.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I know a few people are doing that, but I just haven't seen that before from Reebok. So it was nice to see them um, making a bit of a step change Um, Well, it's interesting. You
0: you mentioned this. I mean, I I joke about it, but the podcast, it's, you know, I'm learning. i never heard of Cloudflare. That's why I do this. This is my lazy man's way of doing curation. I bring on really smart (laughs) people like yourself and dump you upside down and get the contents of your pockets of all your insights and say, oh, okay, great. Now I need to go. It's just... (laughs) it's uh you know a week ago i didn't know about nudge and now i have the ceo on it's this is the fun part of it for me so uh super cool so to that end considering uh if you don't subscribe to ben's uh email newsletter do so go to nudge and and sign up or follow him on twitter um like i said at b w a g y and you can track down how to get to the newsletter pretty easily there uh I can't imagine how you walk around the horn, if you so to speak, to stay on top of things. So what e-newsletters do you permit in your inbox or social follows of note that our listeners might uh, learn some new things from?
1: Ah, So I've got, I guess, a bit of a system on it. I do have uh, old school, so I do have an RSS reader um, uh, for people that still use that. So nice. I use that to just help pick up on um, different topics and articles around the world. Uh, related to that, Google News. Google News with their, their saved searches, mm-hmm. it's really handy. Mm-hmm. Um, so use that a bit. Uh, I am a, a big Twitter user. Um, so I, I guess most of the people I, w- I would follow will belong to the same that, that most would follow, whether it's Disney Day or Ad Week or or Axios, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's it, it quite a bit there. Um, and then I, I do belong to a few private Slack groups um, in, in the industry, and I have found that that's a nice way to also get a bit more, um, a bit more of the articles which uh, can be overlooked. Mm-hmm. So I, I get that a bit. Um, and then in terms of newsletters, I, I am a big fan of uh, Axios. Yeah. Their, their newsletter—it's uh, uh, again—they yeah, they have a nice broad view of media, what like Sarah Fisher does. So yeah, I Luke's really a big
0: fan of Sarah Fisher.
1: Yeah, so I, I I like that because I spend all my time on content that helps remind me of the the bigger media landscape. Um, I like uh, Ben, and I, I might say his last name wrong. So apologies in advance, uh, Ben Dykes. Mm-hmm. Uh, his advice, and he distributes his newsletter via Google Docs. Mm-hmm. Um, I always find that he's got a couple of, couple of good, interesting stories, which are tangential to content, but aren't necessarily talking about content.
0: Very cool. So now I get to go real personal, and we go to your bedside bookstand, as I like to call it. I'm <laughs> curious, uh, yeah. what has Ben Young, what's in the just read pile or reading now book stack on your nightstand?
1: So uh, I read a lot, um, but I, I, I'm a big reader. I really, really enjoy it. Uh, last weekend, I just finished, and I've had it for a while, Christina Thompson, um, who is a editor at Harvard Business Review. She wrote a book called Sea People, and oh. it talks about how um, uh, Polynesia was populated. So if you think about Easter Island, you mm-hmm. think about Hawaii, think about Samoa, Fiji, the Taumutus, New Zealand. So, of course, uh, a bit more of my area of the world. Mm-hmm. It's quite a large space. Yeah. So if you, if you put a continent between all those islands, it would be the biggest continent on Earth. Um, now, and that so is a really great intriguing. fun fact.
0: That's a great fun fact yeah. right there.
1: So, yeah, it, it's big. And it, you, you had people which uh, got from Hawaii to New Zealand, or did they? Or did they come from the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Did they come from Asia? Did they come through the Solomons? And so I just really enjoyed that because it went through all the different theories, how people thought about it over time. And one of of the biggest barriers to getting an understanding on it was that um, colonials would come through and try and put what they were hearing from the locals into English or Western constructs. Hmm. And and so uh, we would think about I sail from A to B, and I'm physically moving there, whereas a a sailor in Polynesian terminology would be, I orientate myself in the right direction, and the island comes to me. Hmm. And so there are a whole lot of just structural different ways of thinking about the world, which means that the understanding took several hundred years to really cross cross that gap.
0: Very cool. This is the most fun part of my weekly (laughs) interview, because I just... I, I also, I have Goodreads, which is the app that I use to kind of track which books I've read and which ones I want to read. The problem is I'm, I'm, a quick, fan of that. <laughs> I'm getting to the point where yeah. I'm gonna yeah. I'm running out of years in life, I think, to to get <laughs> to all the books that, yeah. I, that I even have on my list. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, Ben, I, we appreciate you joining Brand Story, Inc. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm a big fan Thank uh, you. of your newsletter. Uh, check it out. Like I said, follow Ben on Twitter. B-W-A-G-Y and that will link you through to uh, both Nudge, the website we can check out his company which is doing great things along with give you access to the newsletter where you can sign up. Ben, thanks and, and have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks for listening to Brand Story, Inc. We'll be back next week with another conversation digging into the ways companies are becoming like media companies. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give me a follow on Twitter at underscore JSharman and on LinkedIn.